I'm reading this wonderful book at the moment, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, written by Dale Carnegie back in 1953. Um, but his advice in this book is just as relevant today as it was then. And I just want to read out a little part of it because it embodies everything that this girl sitting beside me is. Let's fill our minds with thoughts of peace, courage, health and hope. For our life is what our thoughts make it. I'm sitting here today with Demi Bettini. And there are many words I could use to describe Demi. Courageous, joyful, loving, kind, just to name a few. Demi is everything that is good in a human being. When Demi was just 13, she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is an aggressive form of bone cancer. So Dem, how did you take that news? Do you think you really understood what you were facing? Because you were so young. Not really. I think I didn't have too much time to think at all. Um, it was just, you know, I was diagnosed, I was flown to Brisbane straight away and this is what we had to do and that's how it was. I um, yeah, pretty much just thrown in, in the deep end and so do you think, day by day. Do you think because you were younger, you dealt with it more easily because you didn't question it, it was just, it happened and you got on with it? Definitely. And I think from that too, it's taught me that you literally just take every day as it comes and, you know, you do what you can. Yeah. Now, Dem, Demi, they wanted to take your leg, but you didn't want them to. No. <laughs> Um, I guess I was a little bit stubborn and maybe slightly rude. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a meeting with my surgeon and the way that it was looking, there were, you know, those possibilities that they might have had to take my leg and there was options of other things. And I straight out said, you know, when can I ride horses again? Because that's, that's been my whole life. And he's like, oh, you might not. And I was like, well, that's not good enough. So, yeah. yeah. So they actually took your right femur, didn't they, and replaced it with a titanium rod? Yes. And then you had 29 weeks of chemo. That's mm-hmm. right. And how long after that did they tell you you were cancer-free? Um, so after the 29 weeks, I went back probably the week after I finished and had my last scans um, and that was when I got the bad news that it had actually come back in my lungs so it was I never really had that period of you know I'm cancer free because they said it's in your lungs it's not you know very aggressive at the moment we're just going to wait and see what's happening and if it does grow even more then we can just operate Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I waited I think it was about eight weeks and then it grew enough that they could operate and get the right margins. And then from there, it all kind of went downhill. So, yeah. yeah. So at one stage, you were told you just had weeks to live. Definitely, yes. And But you didn't accept that and your mum and dad didn't accept that. Your whole family said, no, mm. you don't know Demi. Yeah, 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 that's it. So what happened? You went home and you wrote a bucket list, didn't you, of all the things you wanted to do? Yeah, I think that was kind of my way of coping. Um, I've always, like our whole family had been, uh, oh, you know, one day that'd be really good to go do. And I think I got in that frame of mind that why wait? And I'm still like that now. If I want to go do something, I'll, you know, I'll go do it. Because when you're faced with, you know, time periods or anything like that, it, 
yeah, you realise that life can be taken away so quickly. Yeah. So, so one of the Make-A-Wish Foundation helped you initially, didn't they? So what did you do with, with their support? Yeah, so I think it was probably a week after I was re-diagnosed. I kind of, I thought of something that I wouldn't do, wouldn't think of doing, and I flew over to Western Australia and I swam with whale sharks. So that was incredible. And... I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was yeah. it was fantastic. So. I bet your mum and dad were scared when you said, I'm going to go and swim with some sharks. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what I'll do today. <laughs> so, Demi, what else was on the bucket list? Oh, um, I It's did, never ending. No, it, I'm still doing stuff now that I've written out. And I, I went and spent a few weeks down in Sydney and went to zoos and all the rest of it and met up with family that I've never met before. Um, and that's how I got into cutting. Um, by meeting a cousin that I'd never met and she's like oh do you want to have a go and I was like yeah so um and then just up home doing little touristy things yeah. helicopter flights and trips to the reef and yeah. yeah but you fell in love with cutting and that was just the main driving force you just thought that is me that's just what I want to do absolutely I'm yeah. still like that now yeah so Jason and Rachel Leach gave you so much help found your horses and you're always on their doorstep now, always. even though they live hours and hours and hours away. Yeah. And you've come all the way down to Tamworth yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, and they have given you so much support, it's so much so that you're running third in the youth. Yes. So yeah. tell me how in such a short period of time you went from being a beginner to just one of the best. Um, I guess I'm, I'm very fortunate to have Jason and Rach and then to meet you know, countless other people in the industry that are always willing to help. And um, I've always been the kind of person that I want to, if I'm going to do something, I want to know how to do it right and, you know, be the best at it. Um, I've still got a long way to go and a lot of things to learn. But, yeah, no, I'm very fortunate for Jason and Rach and it's been great. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a surprise to end up like that and we'll yeah. see how we go at the end yeah. of the season you've but... just excelled in as i said like within two years isn't it yeah since you went yeah. in the first competition um and uh now the babinda harvest festival is a local it's, festival that yeah. brings the community together yeah yeah that raise money for the community so that you were the recipient in 2016 yes yeah yeah so, um, yeah, they raised $5,000 for me when I was going through a tough time. And our community is a very tight-knit, um, you know, help anyone in need. And I, I guess that's why I love living there and love, you know, representing that part of the world. But, yeah, so they decided to give $5,000 to me. And then this year I was actually of age to compete in the Princess Quest, which is how they raise the money. Um, yeah, so I my goal was to raise $5,000 back for the community because that's what they did for me. I actually raised $7,000, so that was even better. And I'm the first person in the 52 years that it's been running to win the Queen and the Charity Queen as well. So mm -hmm. that was an absolute honour and it was the best experience ever. So. Oh, that's amazing, Jimmy. Your mum and dad and whole family... I mean, I know how proud they are of you, but you can just I can just imagine their hearts just burst with pride, don't they? I have so much to owe them. You yeah. know, they shape me into the person that I am. And yeah. So what other things are on the horizon? 
Oh, that's tough. I, that changes every day. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I've got two more years left in the youth for cutting, so I really want to go hard at that and see how, how I go. How old are you now? I'm 17. Yeah. Yeah, 18 in a couple of months. Um, yeah, so I want to go hard at that and learn as much as I possibly can and maybe one day end up overseas doing a little bit. But I'm looking at doing a couple of courses in marketing and events coordination. Because um, you had to finish school, didn't you? Yeah. So when I was diagnosed um, way back, you know, first diagnosis, I up and left and, you know, school was not a worry. It was, you know, way, way in the back of my mind. Yeah. I did a little bit through the hospital, but not a lot because I was so sick. Um, and then I come when I come home for about eight weeks, I went back to school. And then when I was re-diagnosed, I just... I couldn't handle the pressure of it and you know it's not to me now it's not a necessity for what I needed so yeah yeah. yeah. because you're an intelligent girl anyway and you've made the most of every opportunity definitely yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um and Demi if there's you know someone out there whether it's a child or an adult given a similar diagnosis what would you say to them there's the light at the end of the tunnel um Everything comes down to your attitude and how you react to it. If you, you know, just roll with the punches and take day by day, that's literally how everyone should live. Um, and there's such a huge support system out there for people. It's it's truly, truly amazing. So, and it's unfortunately the cancer. I don't like to say that word, but it's a big community and. You know, I've made so many friends through that, lifelong friends that yeah. form all over Australia that I got to meet. And, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, but I don't, I don't, like, now I wouldn't take it back. From the opportunities that you get out of it, it's a really tough time, but, you know, that's what, that's what God's plan was. So yeah. you've got to yeah. stick to that. I think it shows you very well, Demi. You just embody... Everything, as I said at the beginning, everything that is good in a human. Thank you. Thank you so much, Demi. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my interview. If you'd like to hear more from Life Journey, subscribe to our podcast and we'll let you know when we have new interviews coming up.